I convene this court-martial by the authority invested in me under Article 183 of our Charter. Ah, hello everyone. Well, a rather serious start to today, unfortunately. Uh, you see, it's not gone unnoticed that throughout 2018, certain Jerry Anderson shows have been turning up more often on the randomizer than others, and indeed, several have yet to appear at all. Hence the reason I've been put on trial today. But it's all right, my good pal Marina is here to make the case for my defence. And I've just noticed the flaw in that plan. The defending officer may proceed. Ah, right. Um, your generalship, could we request a short recess? You didn't finish it. Well, technically, we didn't actually start, but... What do you expect me to do? Stand up and give them a couple of choruses of love a comeback? Oh, could you? Oh, that would be ever so helpful if you could manage to you just... You think I'm a pig-headed cretinous love, don't you? No, 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 well... No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. Look, 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 look at me when I'm talking to you. Look, I tell you what, save us wasting time on this whole trial thing. How about we just put my future to the randomizer? You let the prosecution, uh, Dr. Jackson here, press the button today, and if the randomizer chooses a series we've not yet seen come up, then I can go free. And if it doesn't, then you can go ahead and execute me. Ah, see? See? Marina's waving her hands frantically. I can see she fully supports this plan. Very well. The prosecuting officer will proceed. Yes, General. One more. Oh, I've got a lot riding on this today. But wonder which episode it'll be. I can't begin to imagine. It better be from a new series, otherwise I'm dead. Uh, okay. Give me the bad news. Well, I'm afraid you will live. Well, that's a relief. Uh, let's see what brand new series we get to watch today. Ooh. Well, yes, it's about time Fireball XL5 made an appearance. So here's the mystery of the TA2. Okay. Well, what a way to see in the new year with a brand new series on the randomizer. And I honestly didn't think we would get another one before the end of the year. I thought, you know, Dick Spanner to kick off December, that was a, a nice enough surprise. But now we have our very first Fireball XL5. And I've got to say, I loved this show as a kid. I really believe that this show has got something, something almost magical that just instantly plugs into kids even today. I, I remember within the last year, maybe two, uh, Jamie posted that clip, didn't he, on uh, on Fab Live of the children, oh, I can't remember what school it was at, but they'd been watching Fireball and they were dancing around to the, the theme song. They loved it, and same with me when I was a kid. I had um, volume four and volume six of the Fireball XL5 VHS range. Uh, one of the episodes on volume six was indeed this one, Mystery of the TA2. Uh, Looking at Fireball today, uh, I love this opening. This opening starts off so dramatic, uh, and the end title song also is uh, is a lot of fun. Everything in between, though, the show itself doesn't really hold my interest much anymore. Um, to the extent that it's probably been a good few years since, since I even looked at any of them. But uh, since this is an episode that I am familiar with, or was familiar with as a kid including that uh, nice bit of UFO end theme here that was uh, reused for various programs later on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we get on with our first Randomizer XL5. Hey, Hobkin, data hand. Switch to free float, Robert. 
I was going to make a comment on why exactly Venus was uh, was co-piloting at the start of this episode, but now Robert has arrived from from somewhere. Maybe he was on break. Maybe he needs to go to the loo. But, uh, I wouldn't put Venus near the controls of anything. I don't. Uh, I don't have much confidence in her judgment, her ability, um, her anything really. She's uh, she's always fairly useless. Oh, they've left her behind on XL5 while they go to look at this uh, strange space object they've discovered. But it would be real boss if we could solve the mystery of the TA2, Steve. Yeah, I reckon real you've got something. boss. Oh, there's that. Uh, okay, work out the course. That's one of the things I don't I don't like about this show, that sort of uh, sort of would-be cool-ish jargon. It, um, it doesn't come off across as cool at all these days. It just looks kind of quaint. Um... And none of the other shows really tried that, I don't think. I mean, the, the closest I can think of is on uh, on Space Precinct, when things were orbital and and all that stuff that Brogan's kids used to go on about. That sounded terrible even at the time. I wonder if this, or this um, Tootie and, and Real Boss, um, if that sounded similarly quaint back in the early 60s when this was first on, or, or if people found it enjoyable. What next, Steve? Uh, we'll all go across to the space wreck, Professor, and see what we can find out. Well, they found the uh, wrecked TA-2, which, considering they were saying, oh, well, this we'll, we'll never find it, they found it in about 40 seconds, which is quite impressive, especially for the XL-5 crew. Now we have a shot of uh, the three of them spacewalking over to the other ship, and of course they've, they've taken their oxygen pills and they've got their jetpacks on and their little legs are just kicking around. And I really, I find this bit quite sort of charming, the way they just kind of kick their legs to move around. It, uh, it is quite sweet. And also, I'm looking at these shots of the, uh, the interior of the abandoned TA-2. And what I love about XL5, and what I think would be lost if it were ever colorized, and I know they did colorize one episode, but there's a lot of very atmospheric shots in XL5. Lots of huge shadows and um, some unusual lighting effects on the characters' faces. When this show tries to be scary, it really kind of works. And I don't know if it works because it succeeded in the way that they were hoping, or if it just, because it's so old, because it is black and white, it just looks kind of, kind of creepy in a way that isn't really relevant to us anymore. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense or not. I would say that uh, with the wah-wah music playing in the background, I'm probably not making much sense. I apologize. They didn't have oxygen pills in those days. No, but oh, they, they had, had things like... Yeah, I was going to say, spacesuits, yeah. Okay, this is... Uh, you beat me to it again, Steve, you are. You're a clever man, Colonel Zodiac. I'll get you yet. One of the atomic motors exploded. Oh, of course it did. Because if you plug an atomic reactor into anything in the Jerry Anderson universe, it's either there to explode or threaten to explode. Very rarely will it do what it was actually supposed to do. But it all happened nearly 50 years ago, Steve. Maybe so, but we'll go and look. It's just possible he could still be alive. All right, Steve. Oh, I'll go and get This the happened 50 years ago. I'm watching this more than 50 years after it was made. And completely covered in ice. Oh, I love that in, in XL5, though. 
We're going to the planet Arctan. Well, of course, it's very cold. Uh, the planet was the... What was the desert planet? Aridon. Aridon or Aridius? Oh, that was the... I'm thinking of the chase now. Um... I love that shot of uh, Fireball Jr. disconnecting from the main ship and, and heading on down. Even though the smoke sort of seems to cover the... suddenly sort of blasts back into the interior of the main ship and uh, would probably suffocate anybody in the little sort of observation booth or whatever's on the top. But... Uh, OXL5 is a lovely model. Really, really lovely model. Very simplistic, but, you know, beautifully designed. It's really appealing. If Colonel Denton did manage to land here, Steve, I wouldn't give much for his chance of survival. Uh, sure looks that way. But we yes, this is, uh, this is where we need our Doctor of Space me Medicine to confirm okay. that someone who okay. didn't have any winter survival gear could not survive for 50 years on an ice planet. I'm so glad we have you along. Your, your assistance is invaluable. And, uh... One day we may actually have need of it. So the XL5 crew are exploring the planet Arctan on their little hoverbikes, and of course, when you say hoverbikes, we think international rescue because the Tracy brothers used to rock around on those little uh, red hoverbikes. I've got to say though, I think I prefer the design of the the XL5 hoverbikes or jetmobiles, I should say. That's what they call them. Um, the the International Rescue ones are just kind of big and bulky, and uh, these XL5 ones are nice and sleek, and, uh, oh, oh, here we go. Right, the ice is about to crack under the weight of Venus's jetmobile. She's checking her watch. Flies. I must get back to Matthew and Steve. Oh, she's dropped her glove, and here's, here comes a very odd scream from Venus. Oh, dear. That wasn't it. Um... Remember in the first episode she screamed and it was like a, a... It wasn't Sylvia Anderson, it was a woman really screaming. This is Sylvia. That sound... I don't want to sound rude or anything, especially since it looked like Venus has cracked her head quite badly on the way down, but that scream always sounded to me, even as a kid, like a man. Um, There's been no word from Colonel Zodiac. I, either call him again, Lieutenant. Either a yes, man sir. or Venus just really wasn't interested in the fact that she was falling to her death. It was like, okay, this is happening, but. This is Commander Zero to XL Five. I am waiting for your report. And of course, uh, I'm recording this. Uh, a few weeks after the passing of uh, John Bluthill, who provided the voice of Commander Zero and Jock and uh, countless other characters in Fireball XL5, and I always really liked Commander Zero. I think probably still, still even today, he's my favourite of the XL5 characters because he is on such a short fuse with everybody, and unlike other Anderson commanders, the, uh, you know, the short-tempered, crusty commanders. His irritation is kind of justified by the stupidity of uh, the people around him most of the time. And it's a shame, really, that that John was only used for this one series. It would have been great if he'd, if he'd been held back for, uh, for Stingray as well and, uh, and maybe Thunderbirds. Um, he, is, he was a very, very talented... Oh, Venus is calling for help from the hole. Oh. Help. 
No, I, I can't find her, Steve. We should probably go home. It's, uh, it's past lunchtime, you know. Venus isn't answering her radio at all. I'm worried, Matt. Well, we better go and look for her, Steve. <laughs> wait, wait, what? If you're only now looking for her, what have you been doing? Why? I know you're looking for the other guy, but... You should know that Venus can't survive for more than 30 seconds on her own without getting into, tr getting into trouble. I've got the XL5 crew are actually taking their uh, jetmobiles down into the, the crevice that Venus fell into. I was expecting them to climb off and uh, climb down or get a rope or something. It's, uh, this is rather impressive thinking from the XL5 team. Steve, if Venus fell down here... We don't know that she did. Let's go up. We know that she did. Are you saying she's dead? Oh, I'm gripped with mild indifference at the thought of us losing Venus. Whatever will we do? Hire someone Some competent, I guess. What? What is that stuff, Steve? <laughs> I... <coughs> I don't know. It's... <coughs> we should stand here and, and keep breathing it in, though. Oh, no. No, they fainted. Steve has uh, fainted with his eyes open, though, so it looks like he could be dead, which means that Zuni is, by default, the new commander of Fireball XL5. All hail Colonel Zuni. You are our prisoners, Earth people. We knew you came to steal our king away from us. Okay, the XL5 crew have been uh, captured by the... Um, I don't know what we'd call them, the Arctans or the Arcturans or... Or what? <laughs> Sorry, these aliens are... Uh, these aliens are an amazing design. They're supposed to look like they're made of ice. Their arms are quite thin, so when I laughed just then it was because um, one of them gestured rather uh, camply with his wrist because his wrist is all of about a millimetre thick. Um, I love the designs of the aliens on this show, and also Stingray. There are very few of them uh, that look anything less than hugely imaginative. I mean, occasionally you get some that are just, like, more or less human with a bit less hair or something. But then you get characters like these two, who are just just so out of the norm for, for a sci-fi show. And now the XL5 crew are being pelted with icicles that are falling fallen from the ceiling because they're staked, they're um, pegged out on these uh, slabs of ice. And that seemed to happen a lot to the XL5 crew. They would be tied down to slabs and uh, either have things thrown at them or have uh, water poured in or, or something like that. This is rather similar to. Um, Couple of minutes is going to be enough for me. To the uh, the latest scene in uh, in Stingray in Search of the Tajmanon when I think Troy and Atlanta and Phones are are in that sort of trap where the spikes are coming down. It's a similar sort of situation here with the icicles looming over the XL5 crew. But our frozen friends have now returned. Immediately. But they're king. No arguments, Jundo. Oh, I love these frozen guys. They're so sweet. Oh, reuse of um of the Ice Temple set from Last of the Xanadus there. Uh, Please come in. This is uh, Colonel Denton, as played by John Bluthel. Why did you come to this planet? Would I be right in assuming that you are Denton from the TA2? You would be right. You mean 
You mean this is Colonel Denton, Steve? Yes, young lady. You mean I when you said that this is Denton, that you actually meant that this is Denton? Uh, I think Venus's brain just, uh, just imploded there. I think, <laughs> I think it just lapped itself. Oh, Venus, you are... You are truly something special. I'm going to enjoy having uh, having you to deal with from now on, I think. I guess your people were afraid we'd take you away from them. They need me, Steve Zodiac, and oh. I must stay. I really like the design of these ice people, but I also like the character, the characterization that goes into them with this idea that Denton has become their king and they are so helpless that they are almost, I think he says later, that they're almost like children. Goodbye, Steve Zodiac. You will never know how much I wanted to return to Earth with you. But my people, they are like children and I could never leave them. Although, if you could bring some supplies every once in a while, I'd appreciate it. No? Okay. Um, I'll just die here then. Goodbye. Oh, lovely shot there of XL5 uh, passing by the TA2 on their way home, the wreck of the TA2. It's very, uh, very almost poignant, I think, which is, um, Quite unusual for this show. Now XL5 landing back at Space City, always a, a joy to watch. Okay, okay, so you solved the mystery of the TA-2. But that doesn't give you a right to take pets in a space. It's against all the rules. And we're 25 episodes in, I really should have mentioned this before now, that we don't have the Lazoon on the ship. Well, I'll admit he's kind of cute, but... Well, see here, this is the World Space Patrol. And that's why I've sat him down behind my desk with all these dangerous buttons he could be pressing. Welcome home, Venus, Steve, Professor. And as for you, Zuni, uh, welcome home. Okay, that's quite a, a sweet note to end on, but uh, I don't see why Zuni needed to be in this episode, why we're ending on him when... I don't know, that scene of Denton saying goodbye to XL5 on the planet's surface was kind of a an even better note to end on. But anyway, that was our first Fireball XL5 for the randomizer, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think it helps that it was an episode that I was uh, familiar with from, from childhood anyway. But it still, I think it still holds up. This episode, really, I don't know how much the rest of the show will hold up. We will find out over the coming weeks and months and years. Who wrote this? Dennis Spooner. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, nice and nice and pacey. There's a nice sense of uh, of mystery and discovery here, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite. I, I think this one still holds up rather well. What do you want me to do now? My heart would be a fireball, a fireball, cause you would be my Venus of the stars.